Got 20 minutes? Then you have time for a Bible study. Jesus, name above all names, I worship you. Jesus, worthy to be praised, I worship you. Welcome to another episode of 20-Minute Bible Studies. Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Over the next several minutes, you're going to hear an important message directly from God's Word and have your faith and knowledge increased. All you have to do is listen. Now, here are your teachers. Welcome, friends. I'm Jordan Pine. And I'm Andy Baylog. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. The Old Testament and the New Testament agree. God has planned everything in advance. And that means he also has a timing for a person's salvation that is predetermined. For evidence of this, let's listen now to the Word of God. A reading from Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you, when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. A second reading, this one from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. That was Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16, and Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. As we get into interpreting scripture, we always use the SPACE method, which is an acronym that we created to remind Bible students and ourselves to consider the speaker, SP, audience, A, context, C, before we attempt the E, the explanation. So let's apply the SPACE method here. Okay, we're going to start out with the speakers, and the speakers here are King David and the Apostle Paul. In Psalms, it's King David. And in Ephesians, it's Paul. Now, we know that King David was the second king of Israel after King Saul and a critical part of the genealogy of Christ Jesus. Jesus is of the house of David and thus a rightful heir to his throne. Now, the apostle Paul was Jesus' chosen emissary to the Gentiles, and he was the 12th disciple to replace Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus. As for the audience, whether it's the Jewish people of King David's day or the Christians of the church at Ephesus, it's ultimately you and me. Romans 15.4 says, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, 
we might have hope. Hope in what, you might ask? Well, Ephesians 1.8 tells us the answer. Hope in, quote, his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. In other words, hope in the kingdom. As for the context, we see in Psalm 139 that this is a hymn, and it's part of a collection of hymns. Now, Psalm 138 to 145 were written actually by David. It has often been set to music, and it's part of the liturgies and the traditions of the Jews, the Catholics, and the Protestants till this day. Now, it begins with the words, for the conductor, which some believe was the person who directed the Levites who would sing and play musical instruments in the Holy Temple. So this psalm was a song to God praising him as sovereign over all things. Now, as for the Ephesians, Paul wrote this epistle not to correct error or heresy in any way, as we might see in many of the other letters that Paul wrote, for instance, like 1 Corinthians, but he wrote it to provide a graduate level or growth of knowledge to a mature church. There was something more that Paul wanted to give these faithful Christians at the church at Ephesus. Now, Paul had personally pastored the Ephesians for about three years, and they had also been led by Apollos, Aquila, and Priscilla. Yeah, so we put these contexts together, Andy. We get two passages of Scripture meant for pondering and deep thinking. That's what we want to call your attention to here. In other words, these passages should not be glossed over or taken very lightly. You know, and listen, if you're going to get a shiver thinking about the supreme nature of God, how he is outside of time and has a grand plan, it will definitely be when you're meditating on these passages today. Agreed. Amen. Now that we know who the speakers are, the audience, and the context of our scripture readings today, we're ready to attempt an explanation. So let's break down our scripture readings. We're going to go back to Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. Starting with verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me. When as yet there has not one of them been. So, let's talk about these verses. Let's try to break them down one at a time. And I think it is doing justice by doing that because there's so much packed into these verses. There's so much knowledge and fact that everybody really needs to understand. I think, like you said earlier, we need to slow it down and and look at every little critical word here. So I'll start it off, Jordan. I'll, I'll start with verse 13. Okay. So here we see that the writer in Psalms is, is saying for you, capital Y, which Whenever you read in scripture, anytime a pronoun, he, she, it, or here, it's, it's going to be capital. It means that it's, it's representing God, right? So specifically more you or he, he's saying for you, God, formed my inward parts, okay? So obviously God gave him this knowledge, this understanding, because he wrote this under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We know that all scripture is written by the influence and power of the Holy Spirit. So this information here, it wasn't just something he felt. It's something that God, wisdom and knowledge God put in his heart. So he's saying here, you form my inward parts, meaning that the DNA structure, the internals of our body, you formed God. And then he goes on to say, you wove me in my mother's womb. So yes, from the time that, you know, it was just, um, you know, the beginning of an embryo 
and as it developed organs and bones and skin, that God knew exactly what he was doing, and he was part of that process from the time that conception began to the time of birth. Yeah, and you know, without getting into too political a point here, it's the reason why many traditional Christians and, and the Jewish people as well, Jewish people believe, and actually Muslims as well, because they recognize the Hebrew scriptures as part of, their, of the Quran, uh, they all tend to traditionally believe that life begins at conception because of verses like this from King David, where he talks about God literally forming him from the very beginning um, in the embryonic stage, as you said. That's true. Um, Verse 14, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. The main thing that jumps out at me there, Andy, is my soul knows it very well. As you were saying, this knowledge comes from within David's soul, which means that it it is in fact divine knowledge. Going on to verse 15, it reads, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Okay, so this is a little deep and interesting. So the first part of it says that my frame was not hidden from you, meaning that I would say the, the, the structure and the design, the foundation and the frame of our human body, I would say not only our physical body, but also our, our nature itself. Our, I mean, the entire framework of who we are today, God was aware of it. You know, and he uses the word not hidden. Not that there was uh, another divine being that could have held back that information, but I think what he was using is a word of, uh, there was an absolute here, that nothing, in a sense, can be hidden from you, God. So even that was important. And he's saying, you know, it was made in secret, okay? Meaning that only you would know this, God. No one else. And it was skillfully wrought. In other words, everything that God designs, even if it's, it's maybe not to our approval or our standard or what we would even think was beautiful or right or wrong or holiness or righteousness or evil, it's still skillfully designed and and put together by God. And it's something that we don't understand, but God specifically takes pride in what he does and, and all the skill, think about it, that's necessary to create a human being, to create life. Yeah. And then verse 16, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book, were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. So here we have uh, predestination, which we've mentioned uh, clearly in verse 16. Uh, it's, it begins with more of what you were saying, this um, insight into you know God's omniscience, his ability to see things that no one else can see, uh, at least at that time. These days we can see an unformed substance in the womb, but, but um, especially in David's time, that would have been a, a tremendous uh, call, call of omniscience. And then he shifts into God's book. And, you know, we, we had a, a separate lesson on this, the, the book of life and the book of the living. And there, there are some way deeper Bible study topics in there. But um, this is a common theme throughout the Bible. God's got a book. And in that book is all the days of your life. You know, uh, everything that's predestined has been already written. That was the, the chief metaphor that he chose to use here and that we see throughout the Bible. Yeah. So in summary, Jordan. God has a book in heaven, which we know to be called the Book of the Living. And that book, even while we're being formed, before we were probably even born, since our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, different book, but from from the foundation of the earth, that God already designed and wrote out the day we would be born and the day we would die. Based on what we see here, the days that were ordained for me, or who does the ordination is God. 
And he's the one that says, Andy, you'll be born on September 7th, but you know, you might die on, you know, June 1st and so and so year. I don't know that. You don't know that, but God does. God's in control. To your point, God is sovereign. Yeah, and listen, I move among um, the the three major branches of monotheism and the people that I deal with, and you know, all three believe what you said that the day you die is written. And you know, um, uh, recently there have been several people who have who have passed who are dear to me and, and dear to your family, and that was one of the one of the chief things that I found comfort in. Others have found comfort in is that. You don't know the day. You get into these questions of like, what if you had done this? And what if you had done that? And, yeah. and why did this one die younger than he should have died? And et cetera. And, and you realize it's because it's all been written already. It's, it's all part of God's plan. You, yeah. can, you can take some comfort in that, that it, it's been ordained. And, and of course, sure. we don't know, but God knows. And that is 100% true. And it hurts, but it's true. And it's comforting when you know that that person that we lost, it, it is temporary. And we know that Praise God, by his grace also, that person knows Jesus Christ. And that we know that we will be reconvening again very soon, whether it's the rapture or whether we leave this earth, but eventually we will be with our loved ones when we get to heaven. And it, so takes, it's, away, it's it takes away worry for you as well, because you start to think to yourself, well, what, I don't want to do this, or maybe I should, I should do that. They, maybe they made a mistake and they yeah. ate the wrong way or whatever. Exactly. Did the wrong things, and then you realize, no, you know. Stop, stop the worry, you yeah. know, put your faith in God. It's, it's all been ready written. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, and, and in summary of that, to your point, Jordan, it's, yeah, of course, you know, we're not saying don't take care of yourself, don't go to doctors. And of course, God designed that too. God made medicine, God made doctors, but there's just certain things that are out of control that God's sovereign will. And, and there's a reason for it. And, you know, we, you know, we've said this in the past, you know, quoting scripture in Romans, all things happen for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. You know, what we would call bad, bad things happen, but, you know, at, at the end, it's all for God's plan and it's for good. There's a reason behind it. Okay, so let's move on to Ephesians now and look at the Apostle Paul building on what David has said and also adding some um, more kingdom layers for us here. Are we going to start uh, Ephesians 1 verse 3, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And um, I just wanted to point out really quick that, um, you know, uh, whenever you see words, you know, we, we just tend to gloss over. This is a traditional introduction. It's a blah, 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 right? But actually, if you pay attention to even the, the words that he uses in the order of the words, and we've had a lesson on this as well, he says, Lord Jesus Christ. He puts the names in a particular order. Sometimes they get shuffled around. Yep. He puts Jesus first. Jesus Christ, he puts Christ Jesus, and in this case, Lord comes first, which we know is as uh, his second office, which is the office of high priest, and there's meaning. It's a specific reason why he says that. Yes, and then going on in the second half of that verse, we see there that it says, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just the word Christ, which means the king. So there he's alluding to his office coming back as king during the millennial kingdom. And he's saying there that he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, not necessarily here right. or now, but in the age to come, it will be everything we need. So then moving on to verse four, it says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. 
And of course, before the foundation of the world, it echoes back to what David was saying about, you know, everything being written beforehand, before David says before his days were even numbered. And here Paul says before the foundation of the world, even that's how far back you can go. Obviously, God is outside of time. Yeah. And I think a a key verse there, a key part of that verse is that he chose us in him. We didn't choose him. He chose us. Right. And that was part of his plan. Now, moving on to verse five, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. That's beautiful there. You see some words that should jump out. And I'm telling you, if, if, if I'm against tattooing, but if I had to get a tattoo, it would be words like predestination and his will. Because does God give us choice? Does he allow us to, to make a decision in our lives? Could we choose left or choose right? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, he predestined what that choice would be for us, even though we don't know what it is. And at the end, again, it's his will be done. So it's just, it's something beautiful to, to realize that, hey, you know what? I'm a Christian. You wake up one morning and say, you know what? I'm a born again Christian. I'm saved. My family's saved. For that alone, for that alone, we should be celebrating, worshiping, praising God, you know, having a, a, a hop and a skip in our walk every day. Because, you know, just having that knowledge that, hey, he chose us, we didn't choose him, and he planned it that way. You know, there's scripture that Paul says in, a, in another book where he says that, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. I mean, that is the truth. So praise God for his grace. Yeah, and then he ends it up in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, the beloved, of course, meaning Jesus. So, you know, it, it's a nice capper to all that. What was the purpose of his will? To the praise of the glory of his grace. It's always for God's glory. Amen. And, and then he again reemphasizes that it's just his unmerited favor, freely bestowed on us yeah. it's for free. no reason, it's just free. because of what Jesus Christ did. Amen. So we can continue reading for additional understanding and look at verses 7 through 11 in that passage as well, because I think they add to what we're talking about here. Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. We see that phrase again which he lavished on us, verse 8, in all wisdom and insight. Yeah, so these are wonderful verses, and um, I think they're very important to remember, especially when you're possibly considering, pondering, or even, unfortunately, you might be debating on whether or not a person could lose their salvation or not. And, you know, obviously, a big part of our ministry is to show you that a person cannot lose their salvation. They can lose their inheritance. They can forfeit their inheritance. They cannot lose or forfeit their salvation. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. And that's where this verse comes in here, that we are redeemed through Jesus's blood. We are purchased back. What Adam lost in that relationship with God because of his sin that was brought about through Eve and Satan, Jesus, the second Adam, as mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, purchased back with his blood. He redeemed us back. And with that, we have forgiveness of our trespasses, and then you've got up this abundance of grace that he lavishes upon us. So, so thank God for that. And it's just something that I just wanted to point out for our listeners. Yeah, and then I'll hit some highlights uh, in subsequent verses. Here's a good one. In all wisdom and insight, and this is coming up on verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will. So there's this word mystery that reoccurs in the Bible, Andy. What, what is it referencing, the mystery of his will? Well, kind of like what we were talking about a little bit earlier, Jordan, you know, there's an abundance of grace that we receive that we don't deserve. He freely, freely lavished us with this everlasting life because of what Jesus did. And all we did was, you know, by his grace, believe. However, there's more. 
And this is something that Paul was trying, this was an, an opening verse that Paul was introducing to the Ephesians in this letter by saying that, oh, and by the way, he has also made known to us that there's something mysterious that you need to, I'm going to reveal that mystery today. And there's a will. There, there's an uh, attention that God has for you, Ephesians, because of not only your salvation, but because of your righteous living, because of the love you have for each other, the love you have for God. God has a plan for you all. And that's what Paul, Paul is kind of segueing into that in these verses coming up. Yeah, I also hear an echo here of the question that the disciples asked Jesus in, in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. They said, why do you speak to them in parables? Mm. And he answered, you know, to, to them it had been given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. So the, you know, when Paul says here that he made known to us the mystery of his will, that's not a late statement because as Jesus says to the disciples, you know, many prophets and wise men for centuries longed to know what this mystery of his will was, and it was not revealed to them, but to the disciples and the apostles it was given, who in turn gave it to, you know, subsequent Christians, including the Ephesians here. So, and that's just all about the kingdom. Now, what we're about to see in the rest of this passage is a lot about the kingdom and inheritance and predestination that, you know, people for centuries, all of our, all the ancestors had longed to see, and that, that, that secret yes. wasn't revealed to them until the fullness of time when Jesus came. Exactly, exactly. And then and upon these, end, these last days, right before the rapture, you know, God is really unveiling and revealing this wisdom, this deeper wisdom, and this epinosis knowledge, praise God. And our job in our ministry, which, you know, in happenstance is called mysteries of the kingdom, what we want to do is, you know, like Jesus said, freely you receive, freely give. We want the world to know about this truth. And this is biblically backed truth. And then going on to 10 and 11, verses 10 and 11, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, there's that word Christ alone, meaning the king, things in the heavens and things on the earth, in him we have obtained an inheritance, an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. So again, the words predestination, the words God's will, his will. And even that, we have grace and praise God. Now that we, we are learning these deeper things in God, it's also by his predestination that we even get to know this. And yes, if you're listening at home or in your car or wherever you're at, it is not by mistake. You know, this is, this is not just happening randomly. God planned for you to be at this moment right now listening and understanding these truths. God has something more to show you because he loves you. Yeah, there's many key words in here that we've talked about before that are important to pay attention to, particularly talking to this audience at Ephesus, and that is adoption and inheritance. You know, they, it's talking again about the engrafting of the Gentiles, who we basically received this right to, to gain the inheritance, which, you know, which is appropriate for our topic today, which is God's timing for salvation. Amen. A couple takeaways, Jordan, for today's lesson. Number one, God created and implemented a salvation plan exclusively for us, his children, before the foundations of the earth were established. And God loves us so much that he planned and predestined his timely salvation plan for us through his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. In Christ, we are redeemed through his powerful blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior, paid for the penalty of our sins and resulting in the forgiveness of our sins in accordance with the riches of his grace which he lavishes on us. So, if you didn't know already, we are a part of God's will and family, set apart, 
chosen, and claimed by God as his very own. Well, that's our lesson. Don't forget that we're on every week on Sundays on Sirius XM Channel 131, also known as Family Talk, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern or 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Thanks for joining us for another 20-minute Bible study. Special thanks to the family of Pastor Gary T. Whipple, to the Abundant Life Worship Center for the music for our show, and to Tom Pine for our scripture reading. I'm Steve Zioli, and until next time, may the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Mysteries of the Kingdom Incorporated.